You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I am your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Hello, welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. I'm super excited. I have my friend, Laura Worm, here with us today at Bivouac Works, and we get to be in person. We're in the actual space, which is really cool. Um, I wanted to bring Laura on because one, we are friends that are now collaborating on this amazing project of interior design with Bivouac at 2.0. And um, I thought all of you would be really interested in sort of the process. I know many of you designers have been asking me um, just about hospitality and this is a great way for you to connect with us, see kind of what goes behind the scenes. And this is a really special project because as you can tell, um, Laura is a female business owner, and it's very different from um, working <laughs> with the other sex, uh, if I can say that, um, which has been fun. So anyway, welcome to our space. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to do this. Yes, I'm going to light our candle, and I'm going to pull a card um, for all of us just to get into our space. Let's get centered and connected we were already playing with fire um Lara was playing with fire and trying to create a signature scent um so we're kind of in that witchy fiery <laughs> mode our space smells like a campfire right now yes it's fantastic. um okay so we've got that i'm gonna pull a card i'm pulling a tarot card i've done a tarot event here before we did um love spells yeah we did love spells it was so fun um, that so, was a really magical night, like probably 50 women and yeah. um, it was like a Galentine's event and just kind of like all the vibes and casting spells for love. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I feel like good. we can pull a tarot card on this episode. Um, so our card. Oh my God, we got the lover. Oh, yeah. perfect. That's, that's funny. <laughs> we got that's the perfect. lovers. We were just talking about the covenant of love and but also the lovers is partnership and it doesn't always have to be. A romantic partnership. It could be a partnership. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is That's amazing. So funny. I That's love cool. it. This is fantastic. You've never read my cards before. No, let's do that. Okay, we're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so fun. We When we were talking, like you all know that I usually do these episodes virtually, and we're like, no, we got to be together because that's how we met. I actually would love to go into that too before we even start on home and all that stuff. Um, do you want to share a little bit of how we connected? Sure. Um, we have a really cool friend named Christine, and um, we were at an industry event, San Diego Magazine um, Best of event, like five years ago, four years ago. Yeah. Um, it was like kind of at the very beginning of Bivouac, and um, we were there and just like having a great time, and then this like magical woman walked up, and I'm like, who is this? I need her to be in my life. And um, so our friend Christine introduced us and um, 
we just like immediately energetically connected. And um, I was joking because only about a few weeks ago, I changed her name in my phone from Rachel Christine's friend um, to her actual name. So I thought we're actual friends yeah. now. It's been five years. So I feel like um, we can make it official. But um, yeah, so we just really honestly, I feel like it was like an immediate energetic connection. And um, so we've always been like, party friends I yeah. guess you could say like we'd run run into each other at fun times all the time like at every single amazing fun event we always kind of like end up seeing each other and then gravitating towards each other and hanging out and um and then when this opportunity came up to um create this really magical space that we're doing at Bibwack 2.0 um the Adventure Lodge I I knew that Rachel was the right the right person for it and so She's the only person I called and um, and she's excited about the project. And so I think it's going to bring a really amazing, like, magical element to what we're creating because she knows me and she knows Bivouac and, like, also brings, like, the mystical woman-powered thing to the to the vibe. And it was really important for me that someone um, have a combination of all of those things, like, be understand why it's important that this space is... Um, woman powered um and understand what like what we're creating for the community and understand me and understand the bivouac vibe and all those things so she's local and um and kind of knows knows everything about us so it really ended up being the, the perfect thing so it's really like a full circle of our friendship and then to bring us here to this moment of being the lovers you know we're now the lovers um yeah so i'm just super super stoked um, about all of this magic that is being created and your black tourmaline just keeps um, oh, yeah. calling. I wear this today for you. Can you share the story behind the black tourmaline and the connection with the wax? Yeah. I think that's really cool too. I've always really been drawn to black tourmaline because um, people think that um, black crystal pulls negative energy, but in fact it pulls negative energy it cleanses it and then returns it to the world. Um in a positive light. And so I always thought that was such a cool message. I like to, you know, try to be that as a person, but really at Bivouac and I, I tell my staff, like, this is our, our um, spirit crystal. And what I really want for this space, um, both Bivouac 1.0 and 2.0, um, is that this is a place that no matter who you are, no matter where you're coming from, no matter what's going on in your life, um, you can come into our space and we will take out any negativity and turn it into positivity and give it back out into the universe. And um, so I really hope that no matter if you're coming here as a customer or as an employee or as a um, you know participant in the artistic thing that we're creating over there or um, you know a anybody that walks into this space, I really hope that instantly they're hit with like a calm. Um, that that takes over whatever was going on outside and just like turns it into positivity and then you go back into the world and um, spread positivity. I love it. Like this beautiful cauldron of positive vibes and dunking into it. And of course, you know, we know apples are magic. So that's true. Um, here we are. Yeah, we've got some apples. Um, I would love to tap into why cider. Like what was the thing with the apples and cider that made you want to do all this? Cider is a historical drink. It was invented when fruit fell to the ground and fermented and, and the kind of 
fairy tale or whatever that comes yeah. along with it is that um, the apples on the ground fermented and pigs ate them and then they saw them getting drunk and they were like, that, that seems cool. Let's try it. But, um, but, you know, all about the time that fermentation was happening, whether it be wine or beer or um, any, any type of fruit alcohol, um, that's when cider was invented. And so I really have always appreciated the fact that this is a naturally occurring thing that happens. Fruit grows on trees, yeast is in the air, and the combination of fruit and yeast makes alcohol. And so cider is from the earth and it's kind of like the the most down-to-earth yeah. alcohol you yeah. can have. Um, and so I've always been attracted to it for that reason. But it's and it, and it used to be popular in the United States. They they like to say that Johnny Appleseed was actually planting cider apple trees um, because everybody used to drink cider. But after Prohibition, there was a shift um, to beer and the national uh, drinking culture didn't go back to cider for, for a while. So in places where there's a big apple culture, the Pacific Northwest or Virginia or New York, um, they do have a cider culture. But here in Southern California, I really think um, not a ton of people know about it. Really, cider is as approachable as beer, but as nuanced as wine. So it actually offers this like super unique combination of factors that I think if people try it, they will see how many amazing possibilities so there cool. are. There's, it's great pairing with food. Um, you can have super dry stuff. You can have sweeter stuff. And, um, you know, cider is made of apples or pears. We make most of our stuff from apples or pears, but really any type of fruit wine, I think is as the education gets out there and as people start to try the different options, they will see how amazing cider is. Um, I, I lived in Australia and London and both of those places have, um, cider cultures. And so I, I tried it when I was there and I was like, this is great. You know, it's a really good beer alternative. Um, but it's also just like a really nice drink generally. Um, so my mission these days is to spread the, the word of cider. And that's kind of like the inspiration behind Bivouac 2.0 is to bring cider culture to San Diego and to really kind of educate people on the possibilities and, and um, encourage them to give it a try. Yeah. So speaking of 2.0, I want to hear all the things or I want you to share with everybody what we're doing because there's so many concepts going on over there. Um, but it's so true to your brand and what you're doing. So maybe we'll back it up a minute and just talk a bit about why adventure and how that's one of your key values within what you're doing and, and how that came about and then what you're producing over there because it's a very magical space. <laughs> um, if anybody wondered if I had ADD before, they can <laughs> step in this space and I'll be confirmed. But um, so adventure, our motto is embrace your adventure. And um, that, you know, started with our creation at the company. And the the point in this was there are there are so many people out there who love um, embracing nature, who love hiking, camping, climbing, um, and, and, you know, they kind of have a healthy lifestyle, but, and they like fine food and beverage. And there's not a ton of things out there that speak to both communities. And I thought, you know, in San Diego, this is the perfect place where you go paddle boarding yeah. and then you want to have a drink when you're out there in the, you know, bay on a paddle board or you hike to the top of a mountain. And um, I had these friends that I, I hike with all the time and they would always bring a flask of wine. Uh, and every time we would summit a peak, 
they would, you know, crack open their flask of wine. And I thought they really need their own drink, you know? And so that kind of um, spawned the embrace your adventure thing. Um, And not that applies to anything, you know, whether it's whether it's food and beverage, whether it's outdoor action adventure or whether that's entrepreneurship or design or anything. It's about taking a risk um, and and going all in. Um, so that's kind of what, what Bivouac's all about and what we're doing over at Bivouac 2.0. Um, we also, for me, community is the biggest um, driving force behind Bivouac. We are, well, you didn't ask me what's home. I didn't, but it sounds like community is part of all that. Well, do you want to tap into that? Does that relate to all of this? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay. What's home for you? So um, when you were... When you were mentioning um, that we were going to talk about what's home, um, I thought through all of the things, and there's so many things, right? Like right now, I live basically at Bivouac. Um, But when I'm at home with my dog and cat, that's home. And um, I spend a lot of time with my family or when I'm hiking or paddling, I thought, you know what? Home is San Diego. And um, that really is the core of all of this for me. Um, no matter if I'm living somewhere else or traveling or anything, when I arrive back into San Diego, like this is home. And it really embodies and encompasses everything that I love in generally everything that I love. So um, so for me, I really wanted to hone in on that at, at Bibouac 2.0 and create a space that feels like home yes. for people. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I, it, that, the... Bivouac has had a um, a great path, but it has also had challenges. Obviously, we recently came out of COVID and, um, you know, we've been distributing and we've expanded into new territories. And um, as we were growing as a company and facing challenges and overcoming them, um, you know, I always really bring it back to rock climbing or mountain climbing when, um, you know, you, you're on the uphill and you think like, man, this sucks. <laughs> you know, and you're like, I want to give up now. I want to quit. But you keep going. And when you get to the top and you like look out over that landscape and, you know, your adrenaline calms down yeah. a little bit and yeah. you get that moment of like, holy shit, this is why we did it, yeah. you know. And um, and for me, that's that's everything we're doing here. Like, I want this space that we're creating at Bivouac 2.0 to be like, holy shit, this is why we're doing it, yeah. you know. And um so the so the original reason that we're doing it is because when when we came out of COVID and, and really started to expand and grow and people started to learn about the brand and and learn about cider and all the cider categories growing, we've run out of space here at um, Bivouac 1.0. We've got this tiny little tasting room in North Park and um, we've got the tasting room, a full restaurant, all of our production, and um, it's in this 2,500 square foot space. So we've really done a lot with a little. Um, but we're busting out the seams. Um, and so we we needed more production, but um, I, I really wanted a space that we could both produce and and educate and um, and create community. And so I looked at a lot of other places outside of North Park. Um, we've been here in North Park for almost six years, and I love North Park. I That's think awesome. this is like such a wonderful community that the, the businesses it's like one of the only places left in San Diego where you can find the owners at the businesses working in the businesses. 
And you're here all the time. Whether we like it or not. Yeah. (laughs) Whether we like it or not. Um, But really, I think, you know, people take pride in it. And and I grew up in San Diego. My dad grew up in San Diego. My family's been in in business in San Diego for about 70 years. And the tradition um, has always been like the, you know, working in the business. My grandpa was a chef. My dad's a chef. My brother's a chef. So, um, you know, there there's something about doing hard work in your business and connecting with your customers. Um, it just makes the whole thing special and meaningful. And like you see the fruits of your labor yeah. immediately. And um, so for me, being in North Park, like the community has been so wonderful to us and the neighborhood association is cool. And, the, you know, it's just like a really cool vibe. Yeah. And um, it's hard to find, you know, not not only in San Diego, but anywhere in the world. It's hard to find that true, unique, um, diverse connection. Um, so I looked at a whole bunch of places and then the space next door to Bivouac became available. And I was like, this is just, you know, too good of an opportunity to pass up. It is right next door. It's, um, if anybody remembers, it was two little dance studios. So they're basically like these little shoe boxes, but one was a ballet studio and one was like a, um, hip hop and then African dancing. And it was actually really fun because they would be like, classes over there would be like samba dancing or you know with the african drums and it'd be you know bring yeah. bring life to the neighborhood and um they put those studios left just shortly before covid and i think the block lost a little bit of life um and so i really wanted to bring life back to the block and bring something you know the space is like an ode to north park it's um it's a clubhouse for people that need it um i was reading an article yesterday that was um about loneliness mm. and after COVID you know people really went in isolation yeah, and totally. stopped hanging out with their friends and like life's gotten so overwhelming and you feel like we're so busy all the time that we don't want to make any plans and people are working from home but then you're isolated in your living room yeah. and like even the Starbucks by my house um people used to go and hang out there and they changed the design so you can't sit yeah. there anymore and uh that's like the one by money they changed it. Yeah, yeah I think there's a whole funny. business model oh, choice okay. because they don't want people hanging out and, you know, and, and again, respect to businesses for making their own choices yeah. that happens. But it is very hard to find a space where you can interact with friends and the community and be comfortable and, and just hang out. And, um, and everybody's so focused on making money as fast as possible. And, I think that that's, you know, that's necessary, right? In business, yeah, like if we, don't, if we don't focus on money, then we're not going to be in business. But um, there are other types of capital that I think are of value, um, social and, and like human resources capital, like taking care of the people that work for you, environmental capital, trying to, you know, not make choices to the detriment of the environment in furtherance of easy money. Um, and in community capital, like investing back in the community, whether that be charities or whether that be people knowing your face or other people, be, you know, buying in or believing right. in the business. And so, you know, I, I think personally with all of those things, like money will come. And so for me in building Bivouac 2.0, that, that's my, my matrix of the mission. Like how do we cultivate a space of community and um, environmental sustainability and employee happiness as we started building this place and designing it the original inspiration was so bivouac 
the word bivouac. Yes, we first, first yeah. <laughs> we don't like, do any. We, we, don't do done, the order. we should have done like the basic of like, okay, what the heck is the I know. Why don't you why don't you start there? Yeah. Hello. I'm Laura. Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um what is, like, bivouac? Bivouac. What, is, what is bivouac? Um so first question everybody asks, how do you pronounce it? Bivouac. Um and the second question everybody asks is what does it mean? Bivouac means temporary camp. Um, and it's a word used in rock climbing, camping, military that basically set, you know, means camping without tents. And um, we have, you know, that plus embrace your adventure, plus everything we're doing I mean, here. It's all like, so connected. Yeah, so that, that feeling of impermanence and community and adventure. Like, we're going to go out and see what we get into. Um, and so it all kind of ties in together. So um, I also, I'm a little bit fancy, which, you know, everything, yeah. every single day we're both wearing some type of animal print and, you yeah. know, some type of gold jewelry or whatever. connected in that yeah. way. Just the aesthetics has yeah. to be like just right. Yeah. Just so important. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and so, um, I've said a lot of times, like our brand is rugged meets refined. So we, our target consumer is one that like appreciates the very best food, you know, wants a wants a ribeye steak and um, locally grown vegetables by the campfire with a can of bivouac in their hand. Um, or, you know, is is wearing, I would always say the Yeti cooler customer. Like, we, we want people who understand quality, who understand aesthetic, who understand um, that, like, looking good, feeling good, eating well, I'm um, connected. doing I mean, it's just good. like, you know, like, just having that confidence. And I think that's also part of what you're all about too is the confidence of being in our skin being women so many of you that are listening are business owners and it's just we're empowering each other and that's one of my values for sure is just that empowerment and that's why one of the reasons why i connect with you so much because if you hang out with her i mean it mm -hmm. is like power women <laughs> like we're gonna rule the world like it's pretty rad yeah and like i was i was kind of born that way and i was my mom is that way and um, really instilled those values in me and um you know i always say like i'm a i'm a card-carrying feminist and it, it really did did not matter what business i was doing or what career i was in like i was going to turn anything into like a, a feminist enclave with animal print, you know so <laughs> so everybody's like what does this have to do with cider i'm like i don't it doesn't really matter that's what we're doing you know if i rule the world so um so rugged meets refined so here at bivouac 1.0 it's um you know it's a neighborhood pub it's a it's a brewery and a restaurant but it's a casual atmosphere um you know you can dress up if you want to but you could come in you know pajamas if you wanted to and the food we serve i call it san diego comfort food and i really like to be um cater to a very diverse clientele where anybody that walks in out there where you're from how old you are what you know what what you were doing before that when you come here you're treated like a regular you feel welcome you're given the education about about what we're doing here and uh, so i feel like we really i feel like we've really nailed it here at 1.0 to like yeah. create that energy so at 2.0 i wanted to expand upon that energy but make it a little bit on the refined side um so the whole inspiration was a glamping yurt um, so if you know what a yurt is, it's just like a round yeah. temporary, temporary camp. <laughs> and, um, and, um, 
there there are so many like things about a yurt that um, you know the shape of it, how it's constructed, where you put them, um, the, the design inside. But something that is unique about yurts is that um, in camping in a regular tent, it's okay. like you put up the tent, you have your sleeping bag. There's something refined about a yurt. You can still like be out there roughing it or live off the land, but there's something like um, like, magical yeah. and designy and like a living room. It's like a house, but you, you know, it's a temporary house. That's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tent mansion. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that is what we're building a tent mansion. So, Glamping Yurt um, was the original inspiration. And then when I first went into the spaces, it was two shoebox buildings with low ceiling. And I had no idea what it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. But, um, my roommate had just gotten back from Burning Man, and I've never been to Burning Man, but she showed me the um, the map, and um, it, it everything revolves around this community center, and then there's all the different camps yep. that are outside of it, and everybody goes to their individual camps and does you know an art thing or a bartering or whatever, and then they can come to this central space where there's beautiful art installations and community, yeah. and I thought that's brilliant and like why I guess Burning Man is so magical to so many different people because it creates that exact thing you're thinking about art you're thinking about the environment you're thinking about people you're thinking about you know friends and community yeah. and and things other than a fast-paced life of commerce so I thought what a cool concept so I I found this architect um actually because she was here at Brian Bivouac one oh day my gosh, um, and we I'm sitting, um, you know, back here at the swing and she was grabbing some cider. And before we even like exchanged names, they started talking about the patriarchy. And <laughs> and I'm like, what do you do? She's like, I'm an architect. And I was like, oh, I might need an architect someday. And then like, you know, a year and a half later, I was like, oh, I who is that, you know, feminist architect? So I, I called her and I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea. I don't know if it'll work, but before I sign this very long lease, I, you know, I want to pitch it to you and see if it'll work. Um, and so we sat down here at Bivouac 1.0 and she rolled out this long piece of paper on the whole communal table. And she took notes like I've never seen. She like rolled as we went as if it was like a Torah, so cool. like it was a yeah. scribe, you know. Yeah. And um, so she's like taking all these notes. And I was like, I want this central location and I want to have a tasting bar and I want to have a store where we can sell camping stuff and Bivouac merchandise. And I want to activate the space during the day. So I want a coffee shop. And, um, you know, I want all these art installations and I want a a bathroom that looks like my cat and I want, um, (laughs) and I want a speakeasy and it's inspired by Gertrude Stein and, and Ernest Hemingway. And I want, and, and she's just like writing, like, you would think she would react like, this is a lot, like nothing you, but you know, um, she's writing away and then she comes back and she's like, here's the thing. And it, and it kind of looks like the Burning Man map, you know, it's a circle in the yeah. middle um, and with all these things coming off of it. And it, and I, you know, she's she was amazing and that she took my like completely chaotic brain in this really wild, makes no sense concept and made it work. So like in the round was yeah. like the main the main feature for me that was going to define that whole space. I will tell you, I learned, um, do you know what in construction is round? No, nothing. No, no, no things are round. Yes, anything that's round is extremely difficult, time-consuming, and very, very pricey. Yeah. Very expensive. You know, it's really expensive, a round wall. Don't do that. But 
Um, you know, everybody's like, I've never seen this before. It's really cool. And I was like, I know now why you have never seen this before. Um, yeah. You know what else is not round? Like tables. Um, you know, like. <laughs> We're trying uh, to find round soft things. Yeah. Like granite. You know, like any any building material is not round. But we did it. It's round. Um, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, and very expensive. So please come and buy lots of cider. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we've got a. Um, the general store. Yes. Can you describe kind of what that vibe is? And Yeah. So we wanted it to be like a general store, like you would find, um, you know, in a, in a little small town or in a camping village. You know, if you go, if you go camping and then you go to the store and you find yeah. firewood and tin fish and, um, you know, marshmallows for s'mores and booze and, um, some equipment. you know, some camping equipment and you forgot a pole for your tent and whatever is there. And so that's the vibe that we're trying to bring. And, um, you know, I, I think North Park is so cool and so walkable, mm-hmm. but we don't have enough retail. There's not enough, like, spaces yeah. where, you know, people will come here for the shopping experience. We have some rad, really unique, independently owned vintage and, like, just really cool stuff in North Park. But um, it's not dense enough right. to bring people to the area to go shopping. So I was like, okay, let's create a storefront that makes people drawn into like coming and seeing what North Park's all about. So we've got a big picture display window that, you know, can change seasonally um, and we'll sell bivouac merchandise and then like kind of high-end gifty camping gear. So think REI, but for gifts. Um, or I keep saying the pigment for outdoor adventurers, like somewhere that men and women um, and anybody else will want to come and like touch the stuff and try the stuff and see the stuff and like, if you if you are into hiking, we're gonna have Cotopaxi backpacks. And if you're, you know, if you need a gift to go to your boss's, you know, birthday party this yeah. weekend, um, and she's a hiker, you can t- take like a coffee table book and a campfire scented candle. Or, um, you know, if you're if you've just had this magical great experience at um, Bivouac 1.0 or 2.0, you can sign up for the Cider Club and buy a T-shirt and grab some cider. And so then the other thing I wanted was. Um, like a grab and go kind of market and right. um, really community driven as well. I keep calling it a chef driven pantry, but no, I um, love it. it's so cool. We have so many cool chefs in town doing, you know, fun, small batch things. And I thought let's, let's create a space where we can rotate, bring in small batch stuff and people can either come in and grab charcuterie and hummus and, you know, chips and salsa and take it into the tasting room and grab their own cider and, kind of sit and build their own charcuterie board. Yeah, I think that's like one of my favorite things is creating a charcuterie board or creating a picnic. And I mean, I'm a sucker for like beautiful packaging and high quality product and cheeses and all the other things. So to be able to know that when I go there, everything I get is like totally targeted yep. and created so that I can just mix and match and take it to go. Yep. But you can also eat it there too. Yeah, so we I kind of had this vision of um, people like to do interactive things yeah. and I think the days of like going and standing in a bar crowded bar and like pounding whiskey or standing in a warehouse and, and drinking IPA like that's kind of not what people want anymore yeah. they want to do something um, so we can do a cider tasting or even if you grab a cider you can grab you know a, a scrabble or um, you know a game to play with your friends and we will give you a cutting board and you can kind of make a little picnic basket of your own stuff and then sit down and create this yeah. like cool looking charcuterie board together. Um, so it, 
it adds that like community and and interesting element to um, the drinking. Yeah, and that's the part that I, the other thing I'm super excited about is this giant, amazing tasting bar um, and then trying out all these ciders. So can you talk to us about the education and like what the concept is behind this? Because we don't have a cider tasting anything. Like you might go and get like a wine tasting and, you know, get the education and try different wines, but I just took a whole nother thing and super yummy, fancy, and <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think that um, people, they always come in a bit of whack 1.0 and we do flights here. So people grab a flight and, um, you know, no matter if they drink beer or wine or cocktails or whatever, when they come here, most people get a flight because they're like, we're in the, yeah. we're in this place, let's do this thing. Almost exclusively, people are like, whoa, I had no idea because they had in their mind like Angry Orchard and they thought cider is either sickly sweet or they've had something that's like really, really funky and maybe wasn't um, to their palate. Um, but we make ciders that are approachable. They're drier than most ciders people have had before. Um, but even our semi-sweet are yeah. still nice, crisp and enjoyable and you can drink more than one if you want to. So um, I think just that education piece, like my biggest hurdle is convincing people to try cider. But once they try our cider, they're like, oh my God, I love it. I had no idea. Um, so that's always really nice. But I wanted a way to like add in the education component. And, you know, when you go wine tasting and they pour you with the different varietals and they tell you where it's from and they tell you like what tasting notes to look out for, um, there's a deeper appreciation of the product that you're drinking. If you're, you know, if you're, if the winemaker is pouring this Rio and is like, this is, you know, from 2009 and that year was really, really rainy. And um, so it created this like extra water content in here. So this one is a little bit lighter. This year was really dry. And so it's a little bit of sweeter wine, you know, um, that experience to me, like so much of eating and drinking is the experience, right? Like um, it's, it's not just, you know, if you're sitting in, a, in an empty room by yourself and you eat something, you're like just taking in calories. But if you're sitting across from people or engaged with your friends or in a community and you, the person who made this, like the person who grew this, the, um, you know, the, the history of the thing that you're eating or drinking is going along with it. I just think your appreciation is so much deeper. So I really wanted to bring that experience to San Diego. Um, and 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 also get like tourists and people from other neighborhoods to come to North Park because we yeah. have so much cool stuff, but they don't know what to do here. You know, you're like, OK, we'll go to a brewery or OK, we'll right. go to, yep. you know, grab dinner or something. But um, it's more an in and out. And I wanted this to be a like destination for people to learn something new. Yeah. Um, and urban, you know, urban wine cider, anything tasting is pretty rare. Like it's it's hard to get that curated experience. Um, so we created the tasting bar and that's kind of like the whole, the whole reason for this Everything. event. Yeah, yeah. It's like, right. So it's we've paired with. giant circular bar with all these beautiful creamy rocks as the bar die. And we've got this gorgeous crystal um, quartzite countertop that's to die for. Yeah. My, my, my vision again, when I walked in the space that first day was just like to make this like a beautiful, like monochromatic temple. And like, yeah. if you think about being in um, an African tent, like on a safari, or if you think about being in Mexico, um, you know, on the beach, or if you think about being in a yurt in, you know, Oregon or, or whatever, all, natural colors, like 
or key yeah. elements. Like there's something so calming about it. And there's something so cool about like monochromatic but texture, like getting the, yeah. the design element comes from the texture. So, um, you know, I knew I wanted it to be like pretty neutral, but really textured. So that was exactly what I was looking to you for, because you know, like how to mix different textures. And, um, you know, I've been following your Instagram for a long time and seeing a lot of the things you designed and like the way that you paired, you know, a crazy animal print with a yeah. certain tile with shiny and matte and in all the things I was like, I know that this is the person that can bring those choices to me. Um, cause I'm, I'm like a creative with a big C, yeah, but I'm, I'm not like the granular design detail person. And so I really needed that help to say like, oh, this is how you create that look that you're imagining in your right. head. Um, you know, so we were saying the, the fun part was when we were like looking at those big stones. Oh my gosh. And that was like <laughs> so fun. And that, but, but, you know, I think the really coolest thing is those are made by nature. Yeah, that's the most important thing. It's like we're pulling all these materials that are in nature and giving them a new way of life and looking at them and just, you know, changing it up and making it have this sort of glamorous vibe to it, but still really rustic. Yeah, it was like a rock, yeah. you know, and now it's this beautiful bar. And I, I think so many places that are building these days um, in food and beverage especially are, you know, Stuff is expensive. Um, construction costs have gone up 40% since it's, I signed the it's lease. It's been nuts, yeah. Um, so things are really expensive. So people end up making, you know, compromising on design choices because they have to. Right. Um, but my fear is that everything that we're choosing is is fabric, is like not real. It's yeah. fake, like yeah. fake, I don't know how to say it, like fabricated Foam material, material. Like foam material. Yeah. And... Um, that does not last. It breaks down. And like you can tell when you walk into a space, if it's all, you know, plastic stuff, there's just something different about being in a space that has real stuff, yeah. you know? And um, so I really, that was really important. And like I, I thought about compromising on the bar because it's a big, really, really, really big bar. Um, but when we walked in that yeah. slab yard, it was like, we fell in love with this slab we were just like we were both drawn to this thing we're like yeah. what is that because we you had something in mind yeah. and we went a totally different direction and it was just this gravitational pull to that one and also the one that we've got in the salon which reminds us of snakeskin and we're both just like freaking out over yeah. the whole snake yeah i feel like that's like a really interesting um design thing about design mm -hmm. is that like you need an anchor piece right and so like that's what I felt like I knew the vibe. I knew all the different component parts. I knew how the space was going to operate. I knew how I wanted people to feel. But um, I was struggling with an anchor piece or pieces right. in each of the spaces to then like inform all the other design right. choices. And I feel like when we walked in that slab yard, it was like, this is it. This is it. And actually, it was really interesting because we picked out, like, I think the two fattest ass things that were in there. Oh, my gosh. And they weren't Same. more expensive than the plain ones because the plain ones are in high demand because they're neutral and simple and everybody orders them. And so these really funky, rad, weird, totally different. unique <laughs> stones were less expensive because, like, nobody wants diversity. Yeah. And I was like, that is so cool for us. Um, 
But Sorry. also, like, you know, that, again, that says something like, I I hate fitting in. Um, right. <laughs> you know, but I, I really think, like, diversity of every sort brings the magic, you know? It really brings the magic. So, um, so yeah, I feel like that was the day we really, like, turned a corner in terms of, like, knowing what the space was going to yeah. be and what choices we were going to make because we, like, had that anchor piece. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, that was de- the day. And we want to share more of those stories with you guys as well. I think as we come in, we're going to create a few more podcasts just talking about some of these design stories and these aha moments and these inspirations. And we still have to go. I'm super excited. We have to still go shopping for like all these. Yeah. (laughs) We already went shopping once and we have applied for a new credit card. Amazing. Okay, so yeah, we shopping. went shopping once to the consignment shop, and oh, yeah. we were like, huh. we were yeah. crazy fun. Oh my god! That... <laughs> Actually, I got this belt there. Oh yeah, you cheated. I don't know if you can see okay. the. Yeah, of course, she got she the belt. Been... Yeah, it's cheetah. We have like the. <laughs> if anybody's seen the sweetest thing, which I hope you have, been... I did. I did, did see it. I haven't watched it lately, but oh, okay. I watched it when it. Everybody, go rewatch the sweetest thing. And the montage where they're in the store trying on dresses for the wedding. Like, that's the best montage, I feel like, in any movie. And that's that was that's us that day. <laughs> the people that worked there were dying. Yeah, and we were just like, yeah. And, like, we we walked in and we saw, like, this big, huge painting of a naked oh, woman. Oh, it was so beautiful. And we were like, we need that. Yeah. Like, we're like, the same. We're, like we're buying that. And we, like, took it. We're like, we'll take this, you know. Um, so I feel like those... Again, like yeah. anchoring details where you just know you're like, this is the freaking deal. Yeah. You know? So she's the so. mistress of the salon. Yeah. We'll we share her yeah. on another episode. Yeah. I feel like um, the reason that this podcast is really cool and I really love what you're doing, I've thought a lot about it. And like, um, we've talked about this before, but women, I'm not saying only women, but women naturally are nurturing. And so when they take on a project or they run a business or they, um, you know, raise kids or pets or anything, um, everything that they approach, they think about those things that I was talking about. They think about the community that they're in. They think about the people that they're dealing with. They think about the environment around them. And um, they just bring a really nurturing element um, to take everything to the next level. So I love what Rachel's doing. Um, to nurture and support women business and to teach them. You know, I think we always talk about how, um, you know, if you if you are looking for a job, you don't apply to a job where nobody there looks like you. And so, um, you know, if you're a designer and or an architect or, a, you know, a construction worker, anything, and you're like, I kind of feel like I'd be into this, but nobody there looks like you, it's really hard to find a mentor. It's really hard to find your path. Um, so I really... I really appreciate what you're doing for the design community. And I think, you know, women, women kind of do this for whatever community that they're in. So I think a really fun thing to do on this podcast was like take our journey yeah. from like the day and the original concept and then like honing in on each of the things. And, you know, just like I learned a ton during this whole process, things that I never thought I yeah. would know um, about anything and like you know, how, how I look at something or like, I can't, like, I can't look at plans yeah. and like visualize what that means. So like they would send me plans all the time and I'd be like, I literally <laughs> cannot conceptualize it in my, my mind. But when I walked into the space, 
what we built, I saw from the day, the first day I walked in there. Like right now, when we yeah, walk in there, I'm like, this is what I created in my brain. And so, like, it's, you know, people work differently yeah. and they see things yeah. differently. And totally. so it's really interesting to um, kind of like walk through that process. So, yeah, um, yeah I hope we can. <laughs> We're going to keep going and share all those things. But in the meantime, I want you all to follow Bivouac. Um, what's the Instagram website? Like, where would you like them to find you? So, at bivouaccider.com on, I'm oh, sorry, not .com. That's our website. But um, at bivouaccider on Instagram, B-I-V-O-U-A-C-C-I-D-E-R. So, that's our main Instagram. Um, and you can really get a feel for our our brand and our vibe, um, you know, outdoor action, adventure, lifestyle brand of craft cider. Um, and then Bivouac Adventure Lodge um, will show what we're doing over there. And that's kind of like the neighborhood space that we're talking about what we're doing here in North Park. Um, and if you want to follow me, SD Cider Queen. Um, and I, you know, I hope to do a little bit more posting, but I think this thing about women in business, it's like real important to me. And, and I think it's something that people need. They need to see other people that look like Absolutely. them doing stuff. Um, and so, yeah, reach out or um, come see us and we'll definitely have a yeah. design coven party there. Oh, yeah. We're going to do co-working there. Yeah. All of you um, that know that we do co-working the third Wednesday of every month. It's open to everybody. You don't have to be a member to come join experience the space, meet Lara, come hang out with me. Um, and, you know, I'll be sharing all these things too. All those links are going to be in the show notes. So if you didn't catch them, make sure that you go to the show notes, follow, connect with us. We're both very open to talking and sharing and, and all those things. Before we leave, um, are you doing anything that keeps you grounded, centered at the moment that you would like to share? No, I am not grounded. Or <laughs> I am not mentally healthy. <laughs> I think it adds to my creativity, but um, no, I mean, I need that. It is super important. Well, I see you out on the water, like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And you're with it and your dog. Yeah. Cleo, no, and, like, for sure. Like, I, I, I definitely like take time for joy yeah. and for connection with nature. But like every year I like run away to Mexico for a few days by myself and like connect with nature, be by myself, kind of like get get grounded yeah. and centered and it's really funny because every time I know that I need that yeah. I start getting like crazy like not you know I, I'm like I'm usually like in a pretty good mood and like whatever and if I'm if I'm feeling grumpy or if I'm feeling whatever I know it's because I'm stressed yeah. and I'm over overwhelmed or overworked or whatever and um you know people are kind of like cheesy about self-care and growing up my family really did not believe at all in self-care right. and they still do not like at all like work is the most important thing um and so it's been really that's my like challenge all the time is to say like i know myself so well yeah. that if i do not take care of my body and, and get myself in the strongest healthiest place i can't do all of no, I mean, you're, you're a very powerful person and you're holding a team together and now you're like leading this whole thing on. So yeah, it's a lot. Stuff. It's for sure a lot. And like, you know, I don't ever want anybody to look and be like, oh, you know, that that's easy. And I feel bad because right. it's hard for me. Like it's fucking hard, <laughs> you know, it's fucking hard. Like that's all I could say. And, um, you know, so I think it's, you know, Embrace your adventure is is really the thing. I think taking, appreciating hard things, doing hard things, 
climbing that mountain, understanding that that last, you know, mile up the mountain, it sucks. It like really sucks. And it's like, you think you might fall over and die. Like you really do. And that's how I feel. But when you get to the peak and you look out, you're like, that's why. And we're almost there. We're, we're not done yet. Um, we're 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 so very up so it. close. Yeah. We're very close. We're coming up to this one hike I did. We were climbing up the mountain, and we it was a very 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 brutal hike, and um, it was not fun. And we were like, we were there was like half a mile left, and we started running into people coming down the mountain. So when you when okay. you start seeing people come close. down the mountain, you go like, oh, we're close to the top, and we go, and and usually people every time we come down, they're like, you're almost there, you're almost there, <laughs> and then we were there, and we're like. And, and we're like, are we almost there? And they're like, no. We're like, was that worth it? And they're like, eh. <laughs> so I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. No, like it's no, just the moral no. Of the story. It's going to be, I mean, are we we're almost there? We're almost there. Okay, I we're mean, almost we're there. Like, Is it going to be worth it? It's going to be way worth okay. it. I mean, just looking at it now, like, <laughs> no. that's worth it. It's really bad. Anyway. All right. So stay tuned for other episodes coming to you soon. And um, we'll see you later. We're going to go next door and, and check things out. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon. Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program. If you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures, or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash join.